Hi, I'm Anna-Claire Harper, and you're listening to The Return, property and investment podcast, sharing insights and information on key topics from real estate technology to sustainability. Feel free to get in touch or follow recent news by connecting on LinkedIn, Anna-Claire Harper. Hi, and welcome to The Return, property and investment podcast. I'm Anna, and in this episode, we're talking tax with one of the founding directors of Less Tax for Landlords, which is the leading specialist consultancy in the UK supporting property investors on property accounting, tax, succession and financial planning and portfolio structuring. Tony Gimple. Hi, Tony. How are you doing? Thanks for joining me. I'm well, thanks, Anna. Nice to be on the uh, podcast. So given that tax changes have been one of the driving forces in the UK property market over the last few years, and they're still not wholly understood by UK property investors, I thought it would be great to uncover the major changes and how they're affecting investors in the UK property market, as well as discussing how investors can take advantage of these changes, both for existing experienced investors and also investors who are looking to get into the market. The answer to that question is... That wasn't wasn't the question yet. That was just the intro. That was just the intro, was it? Fair enough. Yeah. So firstly, talk me through the major tax changes that have affected and continue to affect UK property investors over the last couple of years. What's changed and what's been the impact on investors of different scales? Okay, I I think the blunt instrument of taxation has caused a lot more problems than it's solved. And and despite my firm's name, less tax for landlords, what gorgeous George truly wanted, or at least dressed up the hardest message, was that he wanted to professionalise the sector and use tax as a way of helping people to focus. And you mustn't let the tax tail wag wag the planning dog. The real goal here is to help people maximise the commercial benefits of building, running and growing a professional property business. And it's, no, it's not about being a passive investor. It's about running this as any other business. Mm-hmm. No, all businesses are alike. Or, or, well, in fact, 95% of businesses are 95% the same. You're taking raw material or intellectual property, adding value, hopefully selling it for more than that process cost in the first place. And if all you're simply looking to do is treat a property portfolio as a wholly passive investment, then any tax changes are completely founded. If, however, what you want to do is build this and to be financially independent, not to be a burden on the state, then running it as that business, you can take legal advantage, proper advantage of the changes introduced. So what are they in more detail? Probably the biggest one, the uh, tenant tax, section 24 is where mortgage interest relief is being capped at the basic rate of tax. Now that came in two years ago now, so it's halfway through, and in 2021, even if you're an advanced rate taxpayer, the maximum relief you will get, or tax credit is the way it actually works on the returns, will be the basic rate of the day, 20%. And that is having a a huge impact. We have clients and people introduced to us who, by the time we get to June next year, their total tax bill, including payments on account, will exceed their profit in that year. And that will cause massive problems throughout the sector. Very short-sighted policy. Okay. 
So for investors of all scales, this kind of idea of being a passive landlord has become harder. And your main, I mean, your main thesis from what you've just said is if you are in that situation, you do need to professionalise. Absolutely. And bear in mind, the government doesn't seem to tax or regulate or license unprofitable sectors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no mileage in it. Yeah. So one of the issues, I guess, tax accountants face, and I know personally, because I worked for a few years in the tax department at Deloitte, is that a lot of investors want to hear about opportunities and they want to hear about profits, but they don't want to hear about the level of detail that is associated with taxation. And sometimes it's even considered a little bit boring. But where there's opportunities to make better returns is where obviously it starts to get more interesting. So I'm a big believer that change brings opportunities. What do you think are the top opportunities for, let's say, independent, on their own, passive type landlords, portfolio landlords, aspiring investors who are looking to invest in property for the first time, and then also larger investors, for example, decision makers at an asset management company? Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, there's a change of language. Well, I keep calling this an investment which I suppose it is, but one is investing in a business. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to effectively be a trading business, not just that catch-all of passive investment. So if, as an individual, you're a portfolio landlord, that's three or more properties in addition to your principal private residence, and you have plans to take this forward, to grow as a business, then you need to be fully aware and understand what it means to run a business. You can't see tax or planning or strategy as boring. It's more than a necessary evil. It's a necessary good. And if you haven't got the kind of figures, gross rental income, leverage, income, rents, dilapidations, voids, you will suffer. There will be a big kick me sign on your back. You'll be able to borrow less. You'll be able to become, you won't be able to become financially independent and suffer the full burden of being the accidental landlord. So what do you have to look at? Well, first of all, nature abhors a vacuum. So with people leaving the market, if you're in a position to recycle capital and raise capital, then you need to be able to go into the market. Places like London, big conurbations, where people have relied on rampant capital growth, that's, that's rapidly disappearing. You need to look at where can I get income? So take London, for instance. I know half a million pounds to spend, not a great deal of money these days, particularly in town. What kind of property is that going to buy you and what kind of yield is it going to get? You know, two, three, four percent, perhaps, when will you get any capital growth on it? Well, in current conditions, who knows? The northeast, that same half a million pounds will probably buy you 10 properties where you'll get 110 pounds a week, 14% yield. Capital growth, not very much, but you've got income. And with income, you can create capital. So one of the opportunities that the whole tenant tax regime has brought about is the ability to to get serious about how you're going to apply your working capital. And if you're simply looking for rampant capital growth, well, you really shouldn't be in the private rental sector. 
Yeah. So it's not what it's about. That's super interesting. As you know, I'm also focusing much more in my business on a growth, uh, uh, sorry, an income play and a, a more scalable play. And I guess that's, it's, it was intentionally aligned with regulatory changes, but seems to align very much with what you're saying. Um, so that's good. Um, that kind of covers independent investors and aspiring investors. What about those larger investors like asset managers? Is it the same idea? In principle, yes. Mm. Uh, but when it comes to asset management, and capitalism, red in tooth and claw, <laughs> they dance to the beat of a different drum. Uh, generally speaking, it, it is all about capital growth. And one of the big problems in an equity-based economy is if you're relying on capital growth, it can be worth a fortune today, and all it needs is a change of government, the Brexit, Americans catching the cold, you know, the, the Russians and the Ukrainians falling out, and a piece in our time disappears, capital growth has gone. Mm -hmm. So any smart asset manager has got to look at a combination of, yep, can I get my asset return back, asset cost, but can I get the dividend, you know, the income, which mm. I can turn into capital for the other investors? So it's a much more balanced approach. But whatever they do with the property, it can't sit empty. Um, that's morally wrong. What's the point of building all these wonderful homes, forcing up prices, micro bubbles, and the rest, if all they're doing is empty investments? Well, that's it. The biggest shame is a huge restriction on supply and then you walk past a homeless people who a homeless person can't speak yep. um, a homeless yep. person who could really really benefit from that and it's not being rented because it's not profitable which is uh, yeah like you say it's a moral issue it is moral it is moral actually. And just on that point you can be moral and make money at the same time oh i know <laughs> yeah um we've got clients who run halfway houses for recovering addicts. addicts. And there's one I called the other day, and said, look, can you call me back? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a bridge. So you're not thinking of jumping, are you? said, no, I'm trying to prevent one of my tenants from jumping. Mm. And so they work in that sector with local authorities. Damn hard work, physically, emotionally, 24 seven, 365. But it's a very, very profitable business, so you can balance it out. Mm. Some, on the other hand, you know, buy these wonderful penthouse flats in Mayfair, but also treat it as a business. Very high net worth clients. Absolutely. So one of the big reasons a lot of people want to invest in property is to preserve and grow wealth with yeah. a view to passing on a legacy to future generations. Yeah. What advice do you have for investors wanting to achieve this? Do they need to change their approach now as a result of these fiscal changes we've been discussing? Yeah, I think they do. First of all, they should have as much fun as they can. Uh, uh, part, you know, passing it on to the kids is great, but it tends to make them lazy. Uh, uh, you know, we we uh, have our children, feed them, clothe them, educate them, te you know, teach them everything they know. What more do they want? So you might have some fun whilst you can. But if you do want to pass on a going concern to future generations who can build on that, or to the point where they become trust fund kids, that has its own complications. Yes, they really need to start looking looking at this as that proper business, make the right investment decisions, get the right people around them, look at the right asset base, uh, make sure they've got you know trading income, not investment income, 
and with the right advice using you know the right legitimate business structures of which simply putting it in limited companies frankly is not the right solution for almost everyone we've seen then yes they, they can build proper businesses so the idea of wealth preservation and and passing on a legacy becomes more about business succession planning rather than inheritance tax avoidance absolutely and it's inheritance tax mitigation mm. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't say that. We're actually in the same building as HMRC, so that's I need, okay. to, I need yeah, to be careful. No, yeah. That's fine. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm very conscious that the kind of advice that you give to clients is very specific and tailored to their circumstances. Yeah. But when you're looking at structuring a client's portfolio, there must be some common themes. What factors do you look at and what are the dynamics of, around them for invest, typical investor clients for you? I suppose there are, there are two elements. Firstly, you know, exactly where they are now. Yeah. What we tell them is find out where the bodies are buried. <laughs> now you need to know all of the detail. And we won't act in isolation. Uh, if somebody says, well, I only want to talk to you about my properties and not about the rest of my businesses, well, then I'm terribly sorry. We can't help mm -hmm. you. And so we have to look at it in the round. And the second, this is the hardest question, is to find out why they are doing it. Tenants and toilets are hard work. Um, so we have to get them to be honest, you know, 100 guineas an hour on the couch. You know, why are you doing this? What, what, what do does that mean? Well, you know, if you like the counselling. Oh, right, okay. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, um, most of your listeners won't understand what a guinea is. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I was wondering. No, I didn't. It, it's a pound and a shilling. Yeah? It's finding out why you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And once you've got those two points, then you can start to look at how best I can run and maximize the commercial benefits of this professional property business. Well, it, it is all about succession planning, it is all about risk management, it is all about you know, turning income into capital and capital into income and being balanced and diversified within your approach. And even if you just want to stick to property, then different areas, different types, ASTs, HMOs, commercial, mixed use. You know, they're saying law, litigation 101, follow the money. And property, it's the same 101. Look where the government money is going. You know, HS2, Northeast, Northwest. Yeah. And make sure you do your research. Okay. So the reason we were first actually connected was because a co-investor of mine uh, was restructuring his portfolio um, with you. And he recommended I have a chat and think about doing the same. Um, if other investors out there are looking for support on tax, structuring, financial and succession planning, and so on around property, what's the best way for them to make contact with you? Okay, uh, they can visit our website, lesstaxformanlords.co.uk. Actually, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Fine, yeah. okay. Um, and you've got our contact details, which I'm sure you can put on the website. I absolutely can. Yeah. Uh, we will find out. Where, you know, who they are, what they are, what they're trying to achieve, start to get the detail. And if it's right, uh, we start to work with them. I can rest assured that we'll only take them on as a client because we should and not simply because we can. Mm. And if they haven't got a problem, uh, we're very happy to tell them uh, and to point them in the right direction of what they have to do to get that problem. Okay. To get the problem? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, the, the, the whole point of this is to you know, start to acquire wealth, start to acquire mm -hmm. income, 
Uh, and we want, you know, our goal is to help people maximize the commercial benefits of building, running, and growing a professional property business. So if, they, you know, if they're not quite there yet, but they want to run that business, then we'll tell them what they have to do to have that nice problem. Perfect. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your insights. If uh, any listeners have any questions or feedback, it's The Return Podcast on Facebook, thereturnpodcast.com, the.return.podcast on Instagram, where you can follow us. And if you've enjoyed or learned something from this episode, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from, as this really helps other people find and benefit from the podcast. So thank you for joining, Tony, and thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Return. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as this really helps other people to find the podcast.